Kan du flytta stolen där? Kan du sänka lite grann? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is Reservations. I'm Rain Whalen. And I'm Yeti Spaghetti. <laughs> are you are you the are you the inventor of there's a Yeti in my spaghetti? Uh, yeah, no, I saw it. I was thinking of a name and then I looked down in the box. This microphone came in. It's a Yeti microphone. I was like, Yeti, that'll work. Yeah. And I was like, what rhymes with Yeti? Spaghetti. So Spaghetti. I'm, I'm Yeti spaghetti. My grandfather invented spaghetti. Could so. you, could you imagine the, the, the family who, uh, actually made spaghetti? I don't know, man. The spaghetti has been around for, I think, thousands of years. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i thought it was funny to say my grandfather invented spaghetti my my grandfather it's it's like the kid on the playground it's like my kid my my dad works at nintendo like no it doesn't no it doesn't well welcome back everyone um you're probably wondering if you're watching us uh why are we doing this over zoom well because just like uh last week's episode in real time we are recording the day before the episode comes out uh, if you're listening and two days before the episode comes out, if you're watching, yeah. um, I got a little busy at work and wasn't able to get off in time. So instead of making Jeremy drive all the way over here, um, we're just going to do this over zoom. Hopefully next week's episode will not have as many complications. Let's hope which not. Is, yeah. Which, Let's which hope. is kind of fitting for a movie that is just, it's so bizarre. And as we were kind of talking about off mic, I guess I just didn't get it. Yeah. It, it's, it's one of those, one of the, dude, this movie is nuts, man. I really like it. <laughs> I, I love stuff like this. So this is, this is a cool one. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm stuck. Yeah. So in case you weren't tuning in last week, <clears throat> today we are discussing and Jeremy, hopefully I don't butcher his name. Ingmar Bergman's hour of the wolf. Or Jeremy, would you like to try a crack at the Swedish pronunciation? Nope. No. Okay. No. Uh, it's the title of the episode. So if, if you want to know what that is, just kind of pause the video and see. Or like, or, you know, like <laughs> throw it in like a search engine that reads to you and then, you know, see what, see what it comes up with. The pronunciation yeah. wise. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'd have to throw on an accent. I don't want to do that either. So um, yeah. Um, yeah, dude, I, I was stoked about this one. Uh, mainly because it's a what I love about movies like this is this is a, a filmmaker who doesn't do horror films, right? Right, yeah, because so, most of his movies more like surrealistic, like dramas, yeah, 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 yeah. especially like Persona, Seventh Seal, right? Those are like the famous mm. ones. Um, he's, I mean, his filmography is huge, so. Um, big enough for a criterion, you know, two hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, after you told me that, I looked into it and I was like, oh shit, it is two hundred dollars. No, yeah, it's really expensive. Um, but anyway, so I, I love like it, you always get an interesting product when a filmmaker who doesn't do horror films tries one, right? Um, since they're not going to use horror film tropes necessarily because they aren't familiar with it or they put their own spin on the genre similar to like Lars von Trier. I know you haven't seen Antichrist, um, but we did watch the house of Jack built. And I think that that's an interesting take on a serial killer horror film. Yeah. He doesn't do horror films. Right. Right. And so for someone that doesn't do them, when they try, you get a really interesting product. You get an interesting take on the genre. And this is, this is an interesting take on a horror. I was I was just about to say this is this is very interesting. I mean, like, okay, look, did I did I dislike it? No, I mean, okay. I, I'm I'm gonna have to give it one more once through. Um, yeah. But in the initial viewing, no, I didn't dislike it. I really because I, I really liked this. Um, but I guess we're gonna just jump right into it. I really liked this whole idea 
that this is almost sort of based on a true story. You know, kind of it, it is taken a lot from what I read in a lot of different places. It was taken from Bergman's life. Like these are the things okay. he struggles with. These are the things that he that scares him about being creative oh, and okay, about okay. being an artist. Right. Um, in this article that I have pulled up here, printed off and highlighted. <laughs> Uh, because I really liked it. It's from the uh, the film Suffy. I assume it stands. It's short for suffix, which in and of itself is a word that stands for a part of a word. Um, but so that's got layers too. Um, and it's uh, the subtitle is devoted to the discussion of film expression. So. Okay. Um, I, I liked their their condensed version of the film. I liked the way they explained it. And so I'm going to go off this a lot of the time and throw in some of my two cents while we do it. Um, okay. But in here, it does say that the film was made during a particularly introspective period of Bergman's life. And this is two years after Persona, which is said to be one of his, you know, best. Okay. And in um, he takes an interesting an interesting turn in this one. I, I love the idea that Alma um, played by. Yep. Uh, sorry. I don't have that pulled <laughs> up. Uh, she was also in persona. Um, she's been in a bunch of his movies. I love the idea of her fixated on. If you spend enough time with someone, you become more like that person. Right. Right. All she wants to do is understand right Mm -hmm. be with him long enough to understand him and to be able to feel what he feels and and experience what he experiences through his perspective right right i like that and i think that the idea of perspective is also an interesting topic in this one because it shifts so much you don't know Mm. what's real and what's not oh yeah um what you know is your jam yeah it is um the thing that i think i loved the most especially in the beginning is this sort of fourth wall break, but auditorily um, the setting up of the shot. Uh, yeah. we're, we're going through the, the title sequence, you know, over black mm. and we're hearing the production get ready. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're hearing Bergman, you know, be like, are you ready? All right. And begin. Right. Um, a, a film of his called Scenes from a Marriage got a, an American remake recently on HBO. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Each episode begins this way. Each episode begins with Jessica Chastain going and finding her mark and PAs kind of checking her makeup and, and script supervisors handing her the sides and exchanging whatever. And then they sit down, Scenes from a Marriage. And then the episode starts, right? Um, Might need to watch that now, man. I haven't seen Bergman's original. I can almost imagine it's the same. Um, That this is sort of a a theme of his, this sort of, you know, uh, your suspension of disbelief is automatically broken in the very beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is so odd to begin a movie that way. Yeah, and that, and that is something I really liked about it, <clears throat> this idea of, and, and then kind of going back to my whole, I like that it it's sort of based on a true story kind of thing. You know, we get this these title cards of, you know, Alma gave me Johan's diary, and then we hear the production setting mm-hmm. up the shot, almost like you would for a documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's something I really, I really dug. Like I, I really, yeah. I really like that. Yeah, um, and Alma giving us background on their relationship and and how they got to this island and how they you know got to this place in their relationship, mm-hmm. and how again she is just uh, fascinated by the idea of spending x amount of time with someone to gain perspective on their life. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Which again, I I really, I really dug that, that she is obsessed with that idea. 
Um, right. And of course, it's the straight to camera. It's like, I want to say it's like three minutes or something. It's long. Um, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's definitely a long, slow push in on Alma as she's yeah. pretty much preparing us for what we're about to get into. And I like what this article said. I'm reading it right now. The, um, the sense of objectivity and narrative distancing. Uh, I like the, the term narrative distance um, yeah. because it's, it's holding the audience at arm's length, especially starting with the, the audio of them setting up the shot and then, uh, you know, splitting the, the narrative up this way. I really like Um we should probably get into just what the movie's about. Yeah, yeah, I really before we really deep dive into this. So, a an artist and his wife are on this island. He is suffering from insomnia and is on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Johan, Johan's not doing too well. No, Johan's not doing too well. Johan, of course, played by Max von Sydow. Who shout is, out uh, to the Three Eyed Raven. Yes. See if you would watch Game of Thrones, you know what that, that would. Be. No. Uh, but also, you know, of course, shout out to Strange Brew and The Exorcist, The Exorcist, the, the and most- The Force Awakens because he has one scene in The Force Awakens. Oh my God, I don't remember that. And um, he's at the very beginning of the movie. I don't remember that. And of course, um, The Seventh Seal and yeah. So, yeah. um. Extremely loud and incredibly close. This is also a good, uh, I don't like the movie necessarily, but he has a great um, part in that. Um, he is, uh, Johan is really struggling and mm. especially with his art and with just, he's having an existential crisis. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of, kind of brought on sort of, it, it seemed maybe to me, um from the insomnia since he can't sleep all he can do is think right all he can do is think all he can do is sketch and and contemplate on these what seem to be waking nightmares right these things that later alma finds in his diary are you know bizarre yeah um these uh these encounters he has with people on the island um Okay, so they're on this island. He is, they're there for a while. And then, you know, he starts telling her about all these strange people he has met on the island and how he sketched them and how, you know, this one, if she, if she takes off her hat, her face comes off with it. And, and, and this guy is, you know, owns the island. And this woman is, you know, 200 and something years old. Um, it, it sounds like the ravings of a madman. Right. Yeah. This all, guy yeah, is all. losing his mind. And this is like 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah. And he's losing it. And another great detail or lack thereof is that we don't see these sketches. We don't see these paintings. We don't. Mm. Um, I'll get into that a little bit later. But um, eventually they. Alma meets this 200 year old woman. Um, who slips up and says she's 200 and however years old. I think like 297 years old or something, something like that. Like that. And, and, you know, she says she seems to know stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she says, you know, he hides his diary in the satchel under the bed. You need to read that. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you'll get, a, you'll get a sense of what's going on. Um, she does. And then we get these flashbacks. Because, you know, we don't know if these things actually happened or not. Um, Or if these are just, again, night terrors or, you know, uh, daydreams. But there's one of of him and the owner of the island. There's one of him and that other gentleman. I think it's the one he accuses of being a homosexual (laughs) Um, where he keeps slapping him. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he, or he yeah, slaps he, him once. The other yeah, later yeah, he, he slaps he, him. Yeah, he fo- yeah because he keeps following him, right. and he finally turns around and slaps him and tells him to shut up. Right, uh, and then of course uh, he has the the one the encounter with Veronica, who is uh, said to be a an old lover of his, mm-hmm. uh, who is on the island. Yeah, coincidentally. Um, 
later they get invited to the owner of the island's mansion castle Uh, oh yeah yeah and and he not only does alma get to see that these people actually exist um but they're just as strange as he says they are um Mm -hmm. and i love the way bergman shoots this it's claustrophobic it's it's fast it's overwhelming uh the the whip pans and the the close-ups it's just it uh, it's icky i don't like it yeah Um, yeah and and just all over the place narrative wise yeah yeah uh it 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 doesn't seem to want to focus on any one thread for too long Mm -hmm. um okay so they finally get out of this situation but then the the wife of this this owner of the island um shows alma almost to humiliate her the the painting of veronica that johan has done and that the guy owns yeah um and apparently it is done in such a way that you know you can see and feel his love and passion for veronica in this in this painting mm-hmm. and it really bothers alma rightfully so and it bothers johan um hold on yeah. what's after that hold on hold on hold on hold on, hold on. <laughs> okay. isn't it the part where they where he explains to her what the hour of the wolf yes. is yes hey that's the so, name of the movie that's the name of the movie <laughs> um and i and i do love his you know his sort of his explanation why it's important um so they go back to their cottage i guess you would call it yeah um, and that's when he explains two things. One, what the hour of the wolf is, right? Um, hour of the wolf is the hour between night and dawn. Um, it is the hour when most people die, when sleep is the deepest, when nightmares feel the most real. It is the hour uh, when the demons are most powerful. It is the hour of the wolf. Uh, the hour of the wolf is also the hour when most children are born. Jim, um, yeah. Wouldn't that also be considered the witching hour? I suppose. Um, that one, hang on. I think that one might be, I don't know, maybe. It's either that or before before the sun goes completely down. Well, you know, and, and you know, Future Rain has plenty of time to edit the video, so he'll, oh, he'll, yeah. he, he could put up right yeah, here. Yeah, Future Rain can put that up if that's uh, right what when when the witching hour happens but anyway uh yeah so so then after he does this he gives alma two i guess you would say bombshells yeah Um, oh yeah he tells a horrible story of how he was punished as a child and thrown in a closet Mm -hmm. and how horrifying it was to be trapped in that closet and the the harrowing escape of trying to get out right yeah um and of course begging forgiveness and and you know getting forgiveness from his mother or whatever but it's still horrible right yeah at least the way he describes it is terrible yeah <laughs> and then he tells this story that's so, sort of fantastical and i'm not sure is true right and i don't think that we're supposed to take it as fact anyway is he murders a child <laughs> yeah uh while yeah. fishing and i again the the shot is so beautiful uh of uh, this whole sequence it it's shot in black and white this thing is high contrast the mm-hmm. whites are blinding the blacks are stark black um you can see a similar shot in the town there is uh, when ben affleck's character is is remembering why jeremy renner's character went to prison in the first place Mm, uh, how he took the rap for that murder or that or whatever that assault Uh, that is also done in that sort of high contrast black and white um highly recommend checking that out so he tells the story of this kid who doesn't say a word by the way uh who is i guess bothering him while he's fishing um yeah I mean, I, I mean, I would be, I would be weirded out. Yeah, by I'd be, I, yeah, I'd, 
I would be. And of course, this kid is sort of weird. I know, just watching him. Yeah. And honestly, there, there are moments where it is suggested that the kid is being sort of seductive, which is odd, but it's an odd sentence to say. But when you <laughs> see it, yeah. laying on the rock, that shot of him. I thought the, the same thing. Yeah, it's sort thing. of odd, right? And then uh, Johan kills him. And there's a struggle and yeah. Cause it almost seems like the kid. Yeah. Cause it almost seems like the kid took something from him and then the kid bites him mm-hmm. on the ear and then jumps on his back. Yeah. And then Johan basically beats him to death. Yeah. And then puts him in the, uh, the ocean or river or whatever there. And, uh, hightails it out of there. Wouldn't you? Yeah. It's such oh, yeah. an odd story. Um, and well, and I, I really love the cut back to Alma because it just cuts right back to her. And she, she's just like, she's understandably horrified that her yes. husband uh, has just admitted to killing a child when they have a child on the way. Right. And again, it's sort of this, you know, you almost, you can't believe him because number one, that's horrible. Right. And you don't want to. Right. Then it's like, given the situation that he's in with the insomnia and with this, you know, nervous breakdown that he is obviously on the brink of it's mm. like, I don't know if that one's true either. Right. Yeah. And then of course we get the, the finale, which is by far my favorite. Um, yeah. The, it's, it's balls to the wall bonkers. The owner of the castle comes by right is the owner oh that's the guy he slapped but yeah he's like yeah oh, we're having right. a party you're right and gives them a handgun for small game mm-hmm. um he says and invites him to the party veronica is going to be there right he makes it a point um johan shoots alma <laughs> yeah and flees to the castle and this is where things get crazy. So you have the woman who asks um, him to kiss her feet or caress her feet or something like that. Yeah. You have the gentleman that cakes him in makeup. Uh, and a robe. You, right. You have the gentleman who I believe it's the owner of the castle this time who um, is so his, his jealousy of him and Veronica um, consumes him and he walks up the wall and onto the ceiling mm-hmm. uh, as if to, as if to personify visually his, his overwhelming sense of jealousy and, and shame. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then of course the, when he finds Veronica, it seems as if she is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and and when it, it when it's revealed that she is not dead, um, when she pops up and then and, and embraces him and, and kisses him, then you have everyone that he's met so far on the island there, and they're laughing and jeering. And 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 then and then they they chase him out of the castle, and it's and then Alma, who is not killed but was just winged by one of the bullets um, finds him and tries to comfort him and, and get him out of there. And, and as she's doing that, he, he escapes her embrace and runs further into the forest where the, these, these people, these things that have inhabited the Island are, are almost consuming him. Right. Yeah. And then he's gone. And now Alma is recounting the story and this 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 was Alma recounting the story to whomever she's talking to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, uh, Haley just put her phone under the door. <laughs> Silly. Um, she's trying to get some upskirt shots of you, dude. She is trying to get upskirt shots, but she's I'm on the other side of the door. Or I'm on the other side of the room. I'm on the so, you're on the so other no side go. of the room. So no go. <laughs> um, yeah so anyway, yeah then, so that's then, that's the movie and uh all right so where to begin um, yeah man so again like i said at the top of the episode i i guess i didn't get it 
Um, I will willingly watch uh, watch it again, but man, I just I was like, I was like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> what is- so again, it has a lot to do with Bergman's own anxieties, fears. Um, he was going through a tough time, which again is very reminiscent of, and again, you'll never see it, uh, Lars von Trayer during uh, Antichrist. He was hospitalized twice. Uh, during this time for his depression and uh, and he took that and put it on the screen right okay it's almost like bergman is doing the same thing he is he is bottling up his fears his anxieties his depression his his introspection and putting it on the screen and and putting it in johan johan is the personification of these things this is the human version of all that is bothering Ingmar Bergman <laughs> and and having these these people originally it was called the cannibals okay um, yeah i feel yeah i feel like i read that somewhere and you can see it because these these people on the island uh people is in quotes sorry i forgot people can just listen to this um <laughs> these these quote people on the island are are consuming his last pieces of sanity mm-hmm. right and his his last pieces of himself basically um yeah. and then we get into is any of it real right yeah what is real and what isn't is sort of up for debate um which again i really like i, I like the, the idea of it's sort of up to you. It's mm-hmm. super ambiguous and it's all on purpose. Yeah. Cause yeah, the movie just ends um, after Alma gives her final kind of like monologue. It just ends. Yeah. We're, we're out of there. No credits, just black. <laughs> yeah. Um, in this article, it breaks the narrative up into five parts, which I really like, which helped me okay. break this down. Uh, arrival. Okay. The diary. The Party, The Hour of the Wolf, and Shattered. Mm-hmm. Um, really like that last bit. You know, I, I like the, the words here. I love, we can get into, you know, the, the arrival, we're sort of setting things up. He's meeting the bizarre people. You don't know if they're real or not. He's showing Alma these sketches that we can't see, mm-hmm. right? which of course adds into this ambiguity, right? If only we could see what Alma sees, right? Right. I, I would have, I do love that we can't see it, right? That's obviously mm-hmm. the better choice. You know, it would have been cool if Johan was showing her something and we switch from his perspective to hers and they're different things, right? Right. Um, it's almost like that's also what's happening um, is that he's flipping through these, these sketches and he's describing something that she's not looking at. Right. Yeah. Um, Hannibal fans out there of the show. Um, it, it's like Wooly Will Graham's clock that he draws um, where he sees it as a perfect clock, but um his sanity oh. is flipping a bit and it's off kilter all the numbers are on one side and the 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 hands of the clock the arms aren't in the right place and the circle is sort of oblong that's like um, that's like episode like what like six or something yeah um so it's sort of like that yeah. is, is what i is what i imagine is going on here uh, but again that's up to me and it's up to you, you know, I, yeah. I, I, um, I'm going to prematurely say, I recommend a lot of people see this. If you like, if, um, Oh my God, your face just turned blue. Sorry. Hold on. Oh, <laughs> uh, remind me later. Sorry. Oh man. Sorry. My computer just did something insane. I hate this you know, so much. You know, maybe if you'd update it. Yeah. yeah maybe. It was Adobe. It's fine. <laughs> okay. So um, 
all right. So then we get to the diary and the diary go, dives a little bit deeper into this ambiguity where yes, the, the people he's describing show up in his stories and his diary of these things that have happened to him. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I don't know to trust that either because he's the one writing these things down. Right. And what's even more interesting is that Alma is also not reliable either because she's staying up with him uh, during these sleepless nights. She's not sleeping either. Yeah. And so, um, which is kind of wild for a pregnant woman to do. Yeah. She should probably be safe. sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. It's not safe. Um, but then, which infers the next part when we get to the party. And I love the language here in this article where the atmosphere is oppressive and suffocating, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, either perspective we get, either if it's Alma's or if it's Johan's, she has put herself in this insomniatic state, you know, willingly. And so mm-hmm. it's like, yes, it feels claustrophobic. It feels oppressive. It is overwhelming. And that's for both of them. Right. And right. I like that Bergman isn't, isn't taking us out of that space. We're the audience is in that space because both of them are right. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I really, really like. Um, and then once we get to the, the stories that he tells, um, they're pretty far gone at this point yeah uh, in their sanity and it, the, neither of them are really in their right minds um and so when he tells these fantastical stories eh, i don't know you know what does it mean to johan to tell this story right mm-hmm. Why this story? Why the, you know, if it doesn't seem like a one-off thing, right? Yeah. Like it, it, I feel like if, if this story were true, then he's got other ones just like it. So why this one in particular? I don't know. Um, yeah. uh, and then of course the, the story of him murdering the, the child. See, and I think maybe this is why I had such a hard time with it <clears throat> because I was watching it at face value. Oh. So I was, I was like, okay, this is what Bergman wants to show us, you know, and, and the movie is considered a psychological horror, mm-hmm. but, <clears throat> but I was watching it as you would a horror movie that this is, this is what's happening to our character. Like this is, you know, I, I, I wasn't getting really the, the, the ambiguity, I see. Um, mm-hmm. which is probably what he was intending. Um, so maybe if, when I rewatch it and go into it with more like, okay, maybe he is not necessarily lying, but from his perspective, this is what happened, but maybe mm-hmm. it didn't actually happen. Right. Maybe then I would, be a little bit more apt, I guess. But mm-hmm. I think maybe I think maybe this is why I was having such a hard time is because yeah, I was watching it at face value. Right, 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 right. Um, and I think you know you're not the only one. Yeah. Uh, to do that. Um, I took a snapshot of Roger Ebert's article. Um, at least I think I did. Um, if I didn't, that was stupid. Oh, here it is. Because <laughs> Roger we... Ebert mentions this, you know, he he says what you did, but if you take it at face value, you're not going to like it, really. Uh, yeah. it's, this movie's going to put a lot of people off because your suspension of disbelief isn't suspended. Yeah. Um, when it needs to be. Uh, you know, I, how he ends his review is perfect. Okay. Okay. If you go see it, see it on Bergman's terms. Mm, okay. So 
by that, of course, I mean, he means when you, when you see this movie, you have to see it through Bergman's preferred lens. You, you can't see it through your logical lens. It's not going to work. Right. This movie's not going to work. Right. You, I think in some cases, even watching this movie through, through the lens of he's having a nervous breakdown. So let's infer what's really happening. I, I think that's not the point either because I, this thing is fantastical in, in a way that, you know, it's almost the interpretation can't be that easy either. Then, mm-hmm. you know, if, if he's seeing this woman remove her, her face, right. Yeah. What is actually happening? The answer is he's probably, he's probably asleep outside. You know what I mean? Like this is all mm-hmm. happening in his mind. I don't think he's actually in the castle. Right. But even, but even that might not be true. Right. Yeah. Um, but dude, let's get to that because okay. Um, first let me finish up the party. Um, the thing that made me get up and lean forward and, and, you know, put my hand, put my arms on my knees and look forward uh-huh. uh, was the puppet show. Holy shit. I yeah. was in love with that. Um, I, I was so impressed with the creativity of this, that the puppet show, the puppet is a person. Yeah. Um, and the, the forced perspective of the candles. Oh my God. It was gorgeous. I was completely obsessed. I loved it. Okay. It sort of gets you ready for what comes at the end. Right. Yeah. see, and I was wondering what was up with that. Cause I was like, it's like, why is this, why are they watching a play and why is it so small? <laughs> I know. And it's because, you know, it's you, I guess you could read it as, you know, this is Johan's perspective or Alma's perspective of what's going mm-hmm. on. Right. Um, I like to think of it as sort of like as goofy as it sounds like an Adam's family lens. There's no rhyme or reason for things that happen in that house. Yeah. Right. And so it's almost like the surrealism of the castle and the people in it. A, a logical explanation is beside the point, right? Yeah. He has a puppet show and the, the puppet is a real person, whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Obsessed. I loved that so much. Um, but skipping ahead, once we get to Johan running to the castle after he is shot, Alma, his pregnant wife, by the way. Oh yeah. Um, Things that I love about this is that the surrealism is cranked up, right? Mm -hmm. We're, we're now in this fun house of, of horrors uh, in this castle. And, you know, my favorites are of course the walking up the walls and the ceiling. I love that. Yeah. Um, And it's so simple. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's obviously now you can do this pretty easily in one shot instead of three. Uh, Cause he does cut away from floor to wall to ceiling. Um, Cause you could tell that it's like, okay, you're going to step up. We're going to cut. We're going to reset it. Move the camera. Right. Mm-hmm. Instead of like flipping the building which is what most people would do right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, Nolan did with uh, the hallway and inception. inception. Exactly. Right. Or uh, there's a Fred Astaire film where he's tap dancing up the walls. Um, okay. The camera is attached to the floor. And so it looks like he's going up the wall, right? It, it's sort of. That yeah. Same thing. yeah. 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 The, yeah. The thing is, is the, um, the camera is fixed yeah but the room is turning is turning exactly and so and so the so to so when we see it it just looks like the room is moving right or or maybe no in this and then in this instance it's um in the fred astaire and it would be in this one would be the room is moving 
but it looks like the person is right. Yeah, no, um, actually, no, I, I am right because I just thought of the shot and um, the what we do in the shadows movie where they do that. They yeah, they they go from the floor to the wall, yes, to the ceiling fighting, yeah. and it's yeah. the camera is fixated, but they're turning yeah. the room right. Exactly. So um, yeah, so but I love the way he did it anyway, right? Yeah, because it's I think seeing it in one shot would have been cool, which he could have done. I mean, this is, this is technology he had. Yeah. This but, is only, yeah, it's only 73. So, um, 68, 68. Oh, okay. But seeing the look on Johan's face, each cut, I think works a little bit better here. Um, yes. Yeah. Seeing him he's, progressively get horrified. Right. More and more horrified as this man is walking up to the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the imagery of that, I just love. Um, that's probably my favorite bit in, in the whole thing. Uh, and that's counting the puppet show. I think it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, I think the most horrific is the woman taking her face off. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. With the hat. Um, as he described, by the way, um, mm. with his sketches. Um, letting you know that whether or not he's losing his mind. Um, it's like, oh, hey, he wasn't lying, technically. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this woman is removing her face with her hat. Look, he may be crazy, but no one says Johan lied. Yeah, no, Johan's not a liar. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, of course, just these, these, uh, these people, these parasites that are consuming him and his sanity at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's it's a great metaphor for whatever Bergman was going through at the time. Um, it's a great metaphor for these the the visuals of your anxieties and fears, delusions and depression consuming you literally. Mm. Right? Uh, it's it's a pretty powerful message, and I really really enjoyed. And also, and also, sort of us succumbing to them too you know right because johan doesn't really try to fight them off you know, no he, in fact he he leaves alma to go towards them basically you yes. know yeah so it's 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 also you know so it's also kind of saying like you know what what would happen if we let this consume us right yeah and it's almost you know to to get better, to work on leaving these demons behind is too hard. I'm mm-hmm. just going to let them have me, basically, yeah. is what Johan is doing. Um, which, again, I loved. I, I think I think for you, giving this another shot, knowing what you know now, I think... Yeah, I think I might enjoy it a little bit more. I think you're going to like it more. Yeah. You know, because like you asked me the other night, why didn't I buy it? And you see, and I was right. Like, what if I don't like it? Yeah. I don't want to be stuck with the movie I didn't like. Yeah, that's true. Even though I have the original cut of Justice League on my shelf back here. But Blech. and then I have the Snyder cut right there. But uh-huh. anyway, you know, so I, I do want to give this one another shot because, you know, I've heard <clears throat> I've heard so much praise about uh, Bergman. Mm-hmm. And of course, I love Max von uh, Saito. Yeah. Um, so I do want to give this one another shot. I didn't want to go into it not liking it, but I was so like, what is, like, what is happening? Yeah. What is going on? Yeah. Um, Cause I, I was following along but then as it starts to ramp up quickly, yeah. you know, you know, and his ramp up is instant, you know? Yeah. Um, that's when I was like, okay, what is happening? Yeah, not a long movie, man. It's a, you know, 90 minutes. So, yeah, I was I was kind of shocked that it was only an hour and a half. I was like, oh, yeah. really? I, I was expecting this to be, you know, like stalker length. Yeah. Yeah, two and a half hours, yeah, something like that. But uh me too. You know, when I think of art house foreign films, I think minimum it's gonna be two hours long. Right. right? Yeah. But I, I like that this kind of changed my perspective on that. And I like you know, I have a few exceptions, but horror films are better short. Again, yeah. there are a few exceptions, but 
you know, especially with stuff like this, it's sort of like get in and get out, um, (laughs) which I appreciated in in this. Uh, And again, shout out, um, uh, shout out to the film selfie, man. You guys really helped me out on this one. I really appreciate it. Could you, could you imagine if they watch? (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, like, Holy shit. This guy just read the article and passed it off as original thought, which is what I kind of did. Um, but it did help me understand sort of the breakdown of the narrative. Cause, uh, for a while there, after I finished it, I go, shit, I don't know what happened. (laughs) Yeah. I watched it and I don't know what happened in this movie. You know? Yeah, and I and I think that's another reason why I uh, I I had such a hard time because you know there's no resolution, there's no, no there's no catharsis. The movie just happens. Yeah, you know, and you know, having done this, you know, having a you know having us do this now for seven seasons, you know, I I've grown to love that. But sometimes I need a little a little, a little bit something. of a, a little bit of something, a little, little, little resolution, something. A little something. But well, almost okay. That's something. Yeah. She's yeah, fine. She's, Hopefully she got some sleep and she's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh so Jeremy, are you ready yeah. to wrap up, wrap up, wrap? I am. I think this one was short, but um I think so. Uh, I think when, when we end it, uh it'll tell me how long it was. But yeah, I this mean, one's like this one's 15 minutes long and you know, whatever. Could you um, imagine if it was like, oh, we've only been talking for 15 minutes? Holy shit. Um still worth it, still I think we I think we did this justice. I think we did all right. Um, and again, these are these are films that we've only had a few days to to reflect on. These aren't movies we've seen before. So this mm-hmm. is the this is the fun of the season where we're you know just seeing movies that you know we're just interested in or curious about or have been on our list for years. Yeah, uh, this one I don't remember how I found out about it. Um, I think I I just I like the Seventh Seal, and I was like, oh, Bergman did a horror film. That sounds really cool. Um, and it was you know it got pretty decent reviews, and I was like, all right, you know, yeah, I'm yeah, sounds scary. Yeah, I mean, you know, and again, I like I said, I didn't dislike it. I just right. didn't get it. And and you know, I'm sure I've said it on the show before. You know film isn't here for you to get you know like what we were talking about with x and yeah. how uh no not x no my, it was the batman ashley told me about someone that she saw had posted how it was quote unquote low budget mm-hmm. and i was like well then they didn't get it <laughs> and uh but you know it, it was so the so this goes for me like i didn't get it but again because i think i was just watching it at face value Mm -hmm. i feel like had i gone knowing what i know now and knowing what i know now going into a second rewatch i think i'll appreciate it a little bit more totally um yeah i again highly recommend i know we just ran through the whole thing still go see it um i think you found it on itunes yeah yeah it was on itunes it was the criterion version too nice um, so. I have the MGM DVD um, up there. Um, I don't even know if you could see it. You can. Uh, yeah, it's right yeah, by yeah, Futurama. Right yeah, right yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure it's the same. Um, yeah. So, yeah, go find it wherever you can. Uh, recommend wholeheartedly. It's a lot of, especially if you like stuff like surrealism and ambiguity. That's, yeah. So. Yeah. So rain next week. So I'm actually going to let you decide because I don't know how to follow up this movie. Okay. So I'm going to let you pick between a number between one and five. Okay. Let's go. uh, Let's go. Number two. All right. You're going to be happy about this one, my man. Okay. So next week. We are going to be talking about David Fincher's Mank. Oh, yes. <laughs> this one I've seen. This one yeah. I've seen. This one I love. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, awesome. uh, yeah. See, I knew, I knew, I knew most of my list you've seen, 
Um, but you know, there are I, really few want, I haven't. So yeah, but I, I really wanted to see Mank when you first told me about it because, of course, got our boy Gary Oldman. Um, it's David Fincher, and I was like, sold right there. What's it about? And then when I learned that it is involving Citizen Kane and Orson Welles, yeah, I was like, cool. Haven't seen Citizen Kane. It's on the list. I mean, not okay. for this season, but it's not on the list season. for me to see. Um, I was like, dope. I'm in. And I now just... here's a question for you. Yeah, okay. It may be too much to ask. Okay. Is there is there any part of you that would consider doing both? Citizen Kane and Mank. And Mank, yeah. Or at Ooh. least watching Citizen Kane for Mank. We don't have to talk uh, about Citizen Kane. I would do yeah. that. Um, okay. I, I would do that. I mean, I've been meaning to get Citizen Kane on the Criterion 4K. Yeah. So I'd um, love to check it out again. So that'd be um, that'd be fun. Yeah. Man. That way you have context. Um, it's not necessary per se, but you know, I mean, it's one of the greatest movies of all time. So yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I, mean, I mean, what's funny about Mank is <laughs> I've told people before that, and you'll probably think this is funny. I I've told people that they're like, what do you want to do? I hate that question, by the way, but they're like, you know, what's, what's main goal. Right. Uh-huh. And instead of quoting riff raff, I said, um, I said, you know, I'd really, I'd love to like work for Turner classic movies. I'd love to be like a presenter or a host on Turner. Classic. I think that would be, that would be fun. Right. Right. Um, and they said, okay, well, who's one of the hosts on there now? I said, well, Ben Mankiewicz is one of the hosts on there now. And he goes, okay, well, here's what you do. Because again, they're trying to give me advice. They don't know what I know. And, and they said, just find out what he did to get on there. And then you just do that. I go, cool. His grandfather wrote Citizen Kane. <laughs> That's how he got on it. <laughs> and they go, oh, oh. Uh, uh, Herman Mankiewicz is Ben Mankiewicz's grandfather, and he wrote Citizen Kane. So that's so how he got on Turner Classic Movies. So funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, I'd be down. You know, maybe I can go find the 4K at uh, Nat Hastings on the cheap, or yeah, or, the cheap. or maybe shoot myself in the foot and go ahead and sell my uh, uh, Twin Peaks now, even though yeah. the other one hasn't gotten here yet, but. <laughs> Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. But, well, I, I am stoked about this one. God, I love Mank. I and uh, another fun fact for you before we go. Um, it's David Fincher's dad who wrote the screenplay. So really, so it's yeah. all in the family. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and of course, his I don't I think his dad has passed away since then, but uh, he uh-huh. decided to make this. You know, um, finally. For, yeah. Because his dad couldn't get it off the ground, so. Well, can't wait, man. Um, yeah, Mike, that's yeah. exciting. All right, everyone. Well, we hope you enjoyed uh, this 15-minute episode of Hour <laughs> of the Wolf. And uh, we will see you next week for Mank. <laughs>